Jess Corcoran. And I'm Laura McCann. Welcome to the Thriving While Nine to Fiving podcast. Hi everyone, welcome to episode four of the podcast. Can't believe we're on episode four already. We've only been doing this this year and I literally feel like this has been a part of my life for such a long time. It's probably because I spam everyone on him. On Instagram, like promoting it every two <laughs> seconds. That's probably why. Um, but yeah, thanks for tuning in. As always, thoughts, opinions, anything is appreciated. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you are enjoying it. So far, we've had a lovely review, so please keep them coming. So we'll just get straight into it and we'll kick off with high and low. So Laura, tell me your high and low for this week. Or low and high, whatever way. We'll go with low first because then you can like build up on it. But yeah. yeah, um, so Milo, it might sound really naff, but it matters to me. Um, but that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Like until last night, Liverpool keep losing at football and Ireland keep losing at rugby. Now, the way this has worked out the past couple of weekends is like I've gone for a cycle or something, and then I come back and I've, I get me kind of Guinness. I sit there and I go, right, let's go Ireland. Let's enjoy some like quality sport. You've got this. And they don't play badly, but they still don't win. Mm. And then you've got Liverpool, who, after being like champions of the country, the continent, and the world last season, are now just like struggling to even entertain, never mind inspire. And it's just like there's nothing else going on in the world. And mm. that makes me happy when things are won. So. If you're not winning things and I like, yeah, well, I'm not happy about it. I get you, but I feel like I've got nothing to add because I don't know anything <laughs> about football or rugby. But I, I get it when there's not other stuff going on. They're like the little the little joys and when they're not there, it's hard, isn't it? Like this weekend was so bad because I actually had to try and turn to cricket to cricket? find something oh. happy. I mean, right, to be fair, so my dad... Now that he's retired, I started watching like a, even more sport than he used to. We always did football and Formula One, and then rugby came into it. Zzz, 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 <laughs> for like three hours, I'm all right, thanks. Yeah, but when it's good, it's so good. It's um, <laughs> but yeah, and then so that, but then he started branching out a little bit. Except my mum's into her tennis, and then like so he he started watching cricket. So then when I was like there for lockdown one. Obviously, I like spending time with my dad. So I'd then do what he was doing. And he was watching mm. the cricket highlights. So I understand it now. and I Do you get it? Yeah, because I just do not understand it. I mean, I'm not going to sit down with like somebody who professes to be a cricket fan and be like, yeah. I'm on your level here. But like, I'm all right with it. I think I get it. I think I can read a scoreline. And I can oh, tell when good. something's gone well and when something's uh-huh. not gone well. Is it like posh rounders? A little bit. But like, like wickets? Uh, wick, oh, do you know like what's the... dead confusing though? The wicket is two things. So the wicket is the patch oh. of ground that they run up and down. But it's oh. also like the wooden spikes yeah, that with get, the like, bales knocked on with the ball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you learn something new every day. This is an educational podcast, guys. <laughs> all about the sport but yeah so like as as we can tell i'm definitely not like the world's biggest cricket fan but i am now convinced it is a sport so i was like okay well if football and rugby aren't happening 
let's have a look at the cricket world. And England are doing okay. Oh, they're not doing okay anymore, Jess. Basically, oh. male sport has let me down in the past couple of weeks, and that's my low. Well, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> I don't have anything <laughs> to respond because I've got nothing to say about any sport. But isn't didn't Jürgen Klopp's mum die, so maybe he's a bit sad. Maybe he'll be like back on form in a few weeks' time. And yeah, he couldn't go to Germany either because of COVID, which is really sad. Oh, I know. It's awful things like that, isn't it? Like, really sad. But actually, look at us (laughs) doing our segues. My (laughs) high of the week is... (laughs) My parents will survive COVID. Um, So, yeah, mum has had her first um, vaccine jab. And dad is booked in for his, which is super exciting because... So, like, I've been looking into it and obviously always staying sensible about it. But um, they reckon that the antibodies that you build up for COVID um, when you've had it will last about six months. So because I had it in December, that means I've got antibodies until June. Oh, cool. So it means I could catch it and give it to somebody else, but I myself won't get sick. So I'd still obviously wear a mask and be sensible and all that kind of stuff. Of course. But it does mean that given my birthday is 13th of April, Feel free to make an guys. Um <laughs> So I was thinking, and this is this is good knowledge, Laura, because like I have no idea when your birthday is, but I was thinking, <laughs> I reckon it's around the 14th of April. And that's remembering it from school. So that is pretty good, isn't it? Really, oh, let's be honest. That's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, so there's a month and a day between us then. Oh, well, and, and a year. No, I made the 15th. So two Did days. I... Sorry, I'm not very good at maths. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were me something. But yeah, so um it should mean that because of that, if they've been if they've had a vaccine and then obviously I'm sensible anyway, um, but because I've got antibodies, I shouldn't be getting sick around my birthday. They shouldn't be getting sick around my birthday. We can hopefully I can have it in Liverpool because especially since like I didn't have Christmas, this is getting to I think the the only time longer I'm trying to think. So last time I was in Liverpool was October. So we're getting on to about four months now. Um, and the last time I had this much time away was when I did my study abroad semester in Texas. So mm-hmm. I went out in the August and came back in the December. So it is like I, I can always tell when I haven't been home. Because as much as I like settle and have a lovely time wherever I am, like home home is home home, isn't it? So um it's just it's such a it's such a high to be honest, like to have that kind of light at the end of the tunnel like amazing yeah. if i can do certain distance in the park with my friends as well you know 10 yeah, 15 yeah. and take some tinnies down um <laughs> kick up yeah. all about but yeah. you know <laughs> even if like worst came to like the as it stands right now the worst case scenario i can see for my birthday is my dad has to come and drive to london and pick me up and take me back and then i get to sit with me mum and dad for a day but that's fine like and, and literally that is that's what i want So Jess, yeah. we've gone through my high and low. Oh yeah, I forgot about me. <laughs> I'm ready to move on. <laughs> what about yours? So my low, I've got two lows. Sorry guys, but this is just real life. Like me, me first low. This is gonna be quite depressing. The second one, sorry. So the first low is a bit lighter. But I'm just like I'm just feeling a bit down. Like I'm I'm fine. I'm not like depressed or anything. You know, like I'm 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 okay. But I'm just feeling a bit like low. 
I think, I don't know, it was just like my hormones or whatever, but you know, you just have them, like, you have them days. I feel like I've had, like, a week of that. You know, sometimes yeah. I, I feel like I talk about my body image on every podcast. But, you know, sometimes you just look in the mirror and you just have them days where you're, like, full on, like, what is this ugly thing in front of me? You just I feel like I've had, yeah, yeah, and, like, I feel like I've had a few of those and just, like, a bit, like, I don't know, just a bit, like, but I'm fine. But, you know, if, if I'm not as preppy on the podcast, that's why... And then the second one, again, I'm sorry, this is a, this is depressing, but it's just life in it. Um, like I'm just, my nan is just really. I feel like my nan gets a mention on every podcast as well, but she's just really ill and old and sad, and because she's fully deaf now as well, when she like cries out in pain, obviously she doesn't know how loud she is or whatever. So it's just it's hard to like watch someone that you'd love like in pain and know that they're not gonna get any better it's just hard no, it's just hard um so yeah that's kind of a low because you can't really do you can't really do anything about it. it's just a fact of life isn't it like i keep saying to people um like people think i'm morbid but i keep saying i just want to bow out at 75 like high impact car crash bye i just don't want to get old slowly and be miserable and just lose my dignity and ability to do things for myself because yeah. obviously having helps great but watching my nan go through that and she's such a you know a proud and strong woman watch someone go through that it's not nice so 75 and then i'll be in the echo <laughs> better get on the front page of the echo that's <laughs> that's me life ambition that no but no I, I am sorry i am sorry to hear that and it is unfortunately it's just one of those not very nice things. Like, yeah. literally the only certainty in life is death, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. So, and people get old and they get unwell. And it is, it's just really, really hard. And I think your attitude towards it, I commend you. But do you, do you take care of yourself as much as you're trying to take care of her? Like, don't, you know, you can't make it better in the pain sense. But having you with her is going to mean the absolute world to her. And it'll mean the absolute world to you that you need as everything. So, yeah, exactly. It's hard, but keep going because it is the right Thank thing. You. And I'm yeah. sending you all of the virtual cuddles. Thank you. It does help that she's like proper. Um, I've wrote a blog post about this, but she's like a proper scouse now. And she's not like, <laughs> she's not cute. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, she's not cute. Like, I try and like touch her shoulder sometimes to comfort her. And she's basically like, will you piss off? <laughs> So that that makes it easier because she's not she's not a cute grandma she's she's hard does that make yeah, sense she's, she's like, like the well Phil Mitchell me. of grandmas no oh no yeah. oh hell no <laughs> so yeah yeah um so my high of of the past two weeks um is I had a nice Zoom call with my friend Hannah um last we- I think it was last Wednesday um and me and Hannah used to be really good friends like back when we were like younger teenagers and then. As it is sometimes, we sort of, like, drifted apart. Um, but now we're sort of trying to make a real effort again. And we just had, like... We were just, like, reminiscing about, like, the good old days and, like, all the boys that you used to fancy, you know, when you're, like, 14 yeah. and you're, like, obsessed with them. And, like, we were just chatting about all of that and all our shared history. And it was just so nice to, like, to reminisce on that. Um, but also just to, like, reconnect again and, like, you know 
be having in that friendship because she she was always such an important person in my life so it's lovely to have her life again so that's a shout out to everyone to say if you are um you know if there's someone in your life that you, that you miss like you know drop them a line reconnect with them you know I'm sure Hannah won't mind me saying this but we tried to sort of reconnect like maybe like even three years ago but it just wasn't the right time for either of us and then we tried we tried again like last year but then again it wasn't the right fit for both of us so you know don't lose hope but if but you know if you want to rekindle a friendship with someone like just reach out they might feel the same but might feel like too scared or too nervous to to drop you a message so drop them a message and if they don't want to be friends um that's fine move on but you know there's no love lost is there no i think that that's really lovely as well because you do go through life and you just meet so many people and you have so many shared experiences with all sorts and that's fantastic but like you're never going to be able to keep up with all of those people at once no. like, it's just not how it goes like life ebbs and flows and yeah i think that's lovely you know if you reach out to someone and they say no like no it's not going to kill you no you exactly try. and it's better that you like have that clarity in yourself mm-hmm. rather than you know like if you're still friends on social media and you see a post of theirs and you think oh like to get in touch but i'm not sure at least then you know where you stand then don't you yeah that you're like that frees it from your mind then absolutely check in on your pals definitely do and especially at a time like this it's just good so having gone through our weeks what is it in your mind this week that you're just thinking can we stick this in the shredder i am so over it so Mine's a bit of like a general one, really. So, like, I'm not, I'm not looking for a new job at the moment. But you know, sometimes you see like sponsored ads for stuff or things on LinkedIn come up, or like, you know, like you get emails from recruiters and they've got like the list of stuff. And obviously, like, I have a look because you've got to keep your eyes open. Don't know where your next opportunity is. Um, but what I really want to put in the shredder is not advertising the salary with the job and can i clarify the word competitive right i've given up swearing for lent but it means nothing it literally means nothing like competitive like go away it really really annoys me because you know at the end of the day sure loads of us have a passion for what we do to a certain extent but would we be doing it you know 40 hours a week whatever if we didn't have to and ultimately we didn't have things to pay for probably not so why are we gonna sit through like why are we gonna go through that whole process without knowing how much it costs and competitive that that literally means nothing because it's so dependent on you know industry or you know qualification what level it's at and you know think titles as well like executive or officer or like any of these terms like wherever you work they mean something completely different and the responsibility is completely different so don't be don't be advertising these jobs with a competitive salary or don't be or not putting it on there at all like just be clear and upfront because I think if you don't advertise it you've got something to hide and either you you're not paying enough and you don't think it, you'll attract people to the role or you're paying other people that already work there too much and you don't want new people to find out or there's a there's a you know a disproportionate balance within the organization about pay so yeah 
that's what I want to shred. Like, it's not cool. It's 2021. Like, just tell people what you're going to pay them. Like, that's not hard. Just be upfront. Yeah. Be upfront. No, I think that within that upfrontness, no, not even just putting a number on it, but put like an actual accurate number. Because I, so I was offered a job, didn't take it, but in the process, it started off as, oh yeah, it'll be like between 50 and 60 thousand. And I was like, right, amazing, whatever. And then by the end of it though, based, based on my experience, bearing in mind that I was still good enough to do the job, they dropped it down to 41. And I was like, and it's not even about what the number is or anything like that. And, you know, I, I didn't take it in the end anyway for very different reasons. But how on earth have you have you decided this is what that job role is worth when you were writing it on, like, on a screen, you know, not on paper? And then as soon as you've had a conversation with me and gone, you're good enough for it, you've taken nearly 10 grand off it. It doesn't make sense. No, it, does, it doesn't make any sense. Like... Yeah, it's it's also again like you know when you like go to job interviews or recruiters and they say like what are you looking for, like yeah. you, surely you're gonna sell yourself short maybe because you don't know so really they should be giving you that salary expectation and bracket up front like why are we hiding it? It's just dollar. You need dollar. <laughs> I need dollar. Let's all just be upfront about it. Like, yeah, just really annoys me all that. Really grinds me gears, and as I say, I've given up swearing for Lent, so I can't swear. But if I could, I would swear about this. <laughs> right after my passionate rant, what are you putting in the shredder? So for me, I like this is one of those where I hate having a problem that doesn't have a real solution, but like I just want to moan about it. That's fine. Because yeah. there's this thing I have where you never have a balance of having loads of meetings versus none. Mm-hmm. So. Last week, I took, like, too many meetings. Like, I was drained by the end of the week. This week, I've got hardly any. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I want to make the most of it. I've got time. I've got thinking time. I've got doing time. Like, let's crack on. Let's get this done. But I, I, I'm, I'm exhausted from last week. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to catch up with myself in that way because it just take, it, like, it takes out of you so much. So... I would love to live, and this this is just me being really, like, anal, but I would love to live in a world where you could say, like, you know, we only have meetings on Mondays and Tuesdays or something like that. Like, you know, just, I don't, I would love a proper organisation and pattern to it because the way that it goes, oh, I just, the, my stamina levels are not into it. I get you. We actually have a no-meeting zone in work now. Um, which has oh, been cool. because of the, you know, because obviously people are juggling multiple responsibilities. So between 12 and half one every day now, it's like a no meeting zone. Um, So it's great in theory, but sometimes you find that the only time you don't have a meeting is in the no meeting zone. So like you say, you're just back to back and you're like, when am I actually going to do my work? But then when you've got like a week with no meetings, you're like, when am I going to speak to another human? Yes, absolutely. It's hard, absolutely. isn't it? It's, re- it's really hard. Absolutely. And yeah, there's no there's no way to fix it, is it? But just put it in the shredder. It's going in the shredder. <laughs> yeah. We'll so shove it in and we'll maybe have the noise something again. happen. They'll make it all better. But yeah. Exactly. Just one of them. <laughs> That's my shredder. Also known as Formula One shredder. <laughs> all my sound effects sound the same. Yeah, is your shredder sponsored by McLaren? It is, yeah. Is that what Lewis um, Hamilton? Is that what it he's is? him? Look at my Formula One. Jensen Button is attractive. 
that's what I know about Formula One. <laughs> Do you know what the worst thing is? I can't actually pronounce my favourite Formula One team. Why? Because I can't say Huawei. Oh, like Huawei, the like Chinese mobile phone company? They're like, Huawei. Is that a different thing to Huawei, yeah? Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> like, I'm trying to... Oh, jeez. Oh, I can't say Huawei Washe. <laughs> which is my favourite chocolate. No. So, wait, so you don't actually know what team I mean? No. I don't um, watch it. Do you know who Michael Schumacher used to drive for? No. I'll Google it now, won't I? What have you got? Oh, Ferrari, you mean? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> for Huawei. And I'm like, Huawei. You can't say Ferrari. It's just the next. I can't F- do F-E-double-R. Can you not? Forever wash, eh? Huawei. I don't know any other ones. But... It just sounds like you're making that up. <laughs> Oh, what's her name? Is it like America for where? <laughs> I love it. This is like my favorite fact I've discovered about you. This is incredible. This is incredible. I'm gonna like make a question for this podcast, and it's gonna be all like F F E's, and you're gonna have to read it out. <laughs> it's so annoying though because it's like, oh, you think, oh, well, how often does that like? set of letters come up and then I'm like oh well it's my favourite chocolate it's my favourite Formula 1 team like it's kind of out to get you isn't it okay so this week our kind of topical discussion um, is about emotions in the workplace and when we sort of put it out to people I think we kind of try to keep it as open ended as possible Um, so Within that, though, it means we have got a lot to say. So hopefully we will get it all in in a, in a good way. Um, but if we do miss anything, you've got any extra comments or whatever, we are on social media, on Instagram. Um, and just let us know. Definitely. Yeah. So I'll kick off with some of um, the comments I've had first and then I'll touch on my opinion. Um, so, yeah, like we said, Laurie, we kept it very open-ended. So... Um, just sort of reached out to you know a few different people. A few different people came back. Um, one response I had was from someone who works in a managerial role in an organisation, and they were saying right now for them and their staff that they work with, everything feels a lot more heightened in the current situation. So stressful situations are feeling a bit more um out of hand quicker than they perhaps would be and. There's quite a few staff that aren't functioning, you know, as as they did sort of before the pandemic or perhaps in the early days of it, and um, the staff are really needing more support, um, and staff wellbeing has always been on on this person's agenda, but more so, it's become really crucial. So it's clear that emotion, um, is emotions are running high in every sense of the word, and it's something that people are watching for, um. And then another comment I had, well, a, a few sort of comments I had were sort of quite, um, not, not, I don't want to say, like, angry towards the general population of men, um, but I know a few people that have had um, sort of the comments of when, you, when women are slightly emotional in the workplace and men say, oh, is it your time of the month? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, why are we still having that? Like, it's so, that is so frustrating. Um, 
Yeah, you can be emotional for a million reasons. Yeah. And one of them might be your hormones. And that yeah. is something we've got to deal with. But it's just not your business to ask. No, exactly. And we don't, like, say, oh, did you get shagged last night? Is that why you're angry today? Do, do you know what I mean? We don't say that. <laughs> I don't know if that's going in. But we don't say that. So why are you asking? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And then another person... um. Sort of was talking to me about their like uncomfortable experiences. So that they they identify as male, and they were in a meeting with um a, a big group of women, and they start the women started objectifying a new hire in another department, and this this male felt it was quite like a, a weird emotion to feel, and they felt quite uncomfortable and not sure how to respond to the situation they did end up speaking to a colleague about it um but just sort of like feeling them the the bit of the minority there and how a bit of role reversal if that had have been you know him with a group of his male colleagues how he would have felt uncomfortable with that so that was a different angle on it um but but my personal angle on it which what all bubbles down to for me which is another comment that someone else had shared with me which I definitely identified with is I found repeatedly in every place that I've worked apart from where I currently am um that anger has always been totally acceptable in the workplace like encouraged like yeah I've yeah encourage you know shouting bosses um like orders or something going wrong and that quick that quick jump to anger yeah and it's like that is seen as acceptable and it's seen as passionate and it's not, you know, I do feel like it is encouraged to a certain extent because it shows that you care and you're good at your job and it's like, why is being so hot-headed acceptable in the workplace? But then why is being so, so gentle and so soft and so, like, why is crying then seen as such an awful thing to be doing to, yeah. to to show emotion in that way because when so I had a situation where um I've only ever like blew my like I've only ever got really angry at work once that's in nearly seven years and I won't go into detail about it but basically I don't believe in horoscopes but I am a Taurus like through and through and it takes a lot to get me to a certain point I mean a lot like but someone made me snap and I didn't do it in front of anyone else um but I was in a room and I, I could I could literally feel the blood bubbling yeah. inside me and I was so angry. And when I was trying to speak to my manager about it, what came? The tears came. And that's because who I am, but it was angry. But it's like, calm down. Oh, don't don't cry. Don't don't get emotional about it. And I I don't want to make this a I don't this is not like a this is not like a I hate men. It's not that, and I'm not speaking for all men, and that this is every female's experience. But my personal experience is that every time I've been emotional in work, I've been shut down. But when a man has been angry, it's it's always been encouraged or laughed off or accepted. But yeah. it's like the crazy girl in the corner crying. Do you know what I mean? It, it's they're, they're perceived as they're perceived as two different angles and approaches, and like two different two different people when. Like it's just ultimately your way of expressing your emotion, mm-hmm. but anger is seen such a positive emotion, and the, like the tears is such like a uh, like don't don't cry don't cry yeah but like that's just who I am like if you if you change your tone of voice towards me 
or raise your voice slightly like I cry I've always been that way in school a teacher changes their voice like I am a sensitive soul it's just who I am and I'm not apologizing for it anymore but I just like for me in terms of emotion in the workplace I'd like you know that like that express that expression of emotion to be treated as positively as anger yeah and throwing stuff out windows is yeah what 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 sorry that was a long one what, what no, are no, some I, thoughts just, sorry, you've I, I just think that's it's a really interesting take that that's what you've kind of witnessed in terms of that gender split mm-hmm. because so in me doing like my research this week yeah um, i had a lot of people come back who are you know well like my peers so within that yours as well just pretty much so um you know other females in their mid-20s who are you know sort of early doors of their careers still and finding their fees and what have you um so actually i went out to my dad um so he he's now retired as i mentioned before but his sort of last role was as a um principal of a sixth form college so Mm -hmm. in that like management space Mm -hmm. um and you know he by all means and is not a a mid-20s female either (laughs) he's a he's an early 60s male um and i was joking with him like oh my goodness did you ever think that a white man could be used as a token but here we go (laughs) Um, but yeah like it's it 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 was it's actually really interesting that you found that gender split because when i've done my bit of it what my dad has come back with very um very succinctly actually covers a lot of the points that my friends also made oh okay interesting we're quite relatively on the same page so like in my dad's sort of notes he just opens up with um we are human we have them so we can't really avoid them Mm -hmm. which is a little bit of a a no shit Sherlock but it is I I do think that people can forget that sometimes as well I totally think that in the way that they are with you, like they'll just go and act and they'll be really tunny, tunnel visions about mm. it. And then when it offends you or it upsets you or just it gets an emotional mm-hmm. reaction from you, mm. they're like, oh my goodness, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, but they didn't think about what they did. It's not a, you weren't expecting it. It's a, you didn't think ahead of what you were doing mm-hmm. in the moment. Yeah, 100%. Um, and like, yeah, so he kind of goes on and says, but, you know, from, we can't avoid emotions, but we there are behaviour codes to suit an organization mm. like and that is just the case so i've um i've got a few friends who have been in like emergency services social care like those kind of what you would probably class as high emotional yeah definitely workplaces yeah. um and like one friend was saying about how it was a it was a case of there was a oh, i can't go into it too much because you know privacy and all yeah. those sorts of things but something really sad and bad happened yeah. in her workplace and there was a bit of a split where there were people who, her colleagues, who just couldn't cope with it. Mm. And they were able to go home for a couple of days. Ah, right. But because she could kind of um. have a minute and crack on, mm. she then got to stay and have to like, continue to do the job to fill in for those people mm. who, had, who had been able to leave. But then that meant that for her, the kind of almost mourning and like emotional mm. processing that she had to go through was then massively delayed. Yeah, exactly. And just because she could handle it in that moment, it didn't mean she didn't need the time and space, but she felt better able to deal with it than some other people, perhaps. Exactly. And it is that thing of, I think you need to have a skill in life where you can just stiff up a lip it 
and and crap on sometimes like I am 100% a person who I will have my emotional five minutes and I I say this I'm like I have my emotional five minutes and then I'm very practical Mm -hmm. like but I have those emotional five minutes because you've just got to um and I'm really fortunate that I've worked somewhere long enough and with people closely enough where they know me now and they understand that. Mm. Whereas it's quite an interesting and self-awareness thing. If I think about conversations I have now to when I had them when I first started, it's not so much that I handle them massively differently, but people just know me better. Mm. Because, you know, it, it can definitely... Like, my dad talked about having, like, a consistency of behaviour. And that really spoke to me because I'm absolutely somebody who, if I believe in something, I will push for it mm-hmm. and I will get really into it and be like, yes, we should do this, let's go for it, let's go for it, da, da, da. But as soon as I think the battle isn't being won, I'll just stop. Mm-hmm. And it can come across so hot and cold. Whereas in my head, I'm just being really practical because it's like, what's the point in arguing? Yeah. If, you've, if you've decided you're a bit like fine whatever like it, it, it it's not that deep do you know what I mean but until you know me that absolutely could just go oh well she's no she's just over it now she doesn't care anymore it's like it's not that I don't care but arguing about it isn't gonna get it done is it yeah that's so true but one of my friends was saying that so working from home actually and being so she's actually separated from her team like even in her role as well she works quite in mm. quite an isolated way and that's really difficult when it comes to expressing emotions because it means that people don't know her as well. And you have to have that comfort yeah. in being able to say, um, I'm not okay or what you know, all those sorts of things. Like mm-hmm. there's absolutely people now where like two or three years ago, I would just I'm always alright, I'm always alright, I'm always alright, I'm always alright. And if I say now, I'm always all right. They're like, no, that means you're not okay. Like, you just get to know yeah. each other that yeah. well, which is a fantastic thing. But it takes time and it takes that, like, quality of interaction as well. Yeah, which is often face-to-face, isn't it? And not really online. At least a first, a face-to-face. Yeah, exactly. Because you need to be able to read some of these expressions and just kind of, like, get that feel for them as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, which is obviously really difficult at the moment but then yeah like all of us have pretty much said like the way that people need to be emotionally intelligent emotionally aware and the better that they are at doing that the better people perform in their roles yeah a hundred billion million percent like I I've had like my friends were sharing their experiences of you know managers who just didn't get them and just didn't support them on that emotional level um, and then now they've got managers who do support them and they're performing at their best. And it is that thing of like, I don't think people realise how much starts with how you feel. And I, now I'm saying this is somebody who like didn't do emotions ever because I tried to do emotions and I really didn't like them because they were horrible. But you've got to sit with how you feel and you've got to be whatever it is that you're going through. Like, you can't just ignore yeah. stuff. And, you know, work can be a distraction and that's all fine. I'm not saying that, you know, if you're, if you need to have a cry about something, that's okay. Don't necessarily do it at the middle of your desk. If it's because, like, somebody close to you has passed away, don't turn up to work for the three days after that and cry every single day. Because at the end of the day, we've all got jobs because those jobs need doing. So there is a responsibility that you've got to take for how you feel and how you manage that and how you deal with that in the scope of your entire life. But 
if you've got a workplace and managers that are not emotionally intelligent and don't happen to care about how their teams feel you have got an absolute mental health shitstorm on your case and it is not good for anybody so yeah I think kind of sort of my conclusions on it going from what everybody has said um is that you are a person you have got your feelings and you should do but just have that bit of awareness and responsibility with it like nobody should be a robot if you're sticking be passionate in a job description because that's what you want somebody to be like when they're applying for Mm -hmm. it don't then turn around when their passion is oh my goodness I tried really hard on this and it didn't work I need five minutes oh yeah exactly like yeah the description of emotions is so like don't don't see passion as like yeah guys so we're gonna do this presentation (laughs) if it's exactly what you've just said like oh I totally relate Laura like you know, you said about, like, how how you feel. I just am my feelings. I feel like that is all yeah. I am. You know, like an elastic band of ball, the elastic band ball. Yeah. I'm just like that, and every single one of them is my feelings. That's all I am. My personality is just feelings. Yeah, but that's it, though. Like, you should feel. Like, there is nothing wrong with feeling. It's just... It's just that it's just like getting that balance of it, and it is difficult. And I think it's definitely something mm. you mature into because it is that thing as well. Like you don't want to be somebody where everyone thinks you're a crank, and then they don't want to work with you. Like, or yeah. people think, oh no, she can't cope very well. Like when change happens mm. or something bad happens, we just won't tell them till the last minute because that's not a great position to be in either. I think really what you need to be is be authentic first but get your stuff done. Because at the end of the day, especially in a corporate setting, if you're getting your job done, there's very little room for argument. Just get your job done and be yourself. Um, And then obviously, you know, when it moves outside of that and you've got your more people-oriented and, like, crisis jobs, it definitely does Mm -hmm. change up. But I think, really, organisations and companies just need to take a bit of responsibility for what they how they impact people's mental health so definitely have those things available make it accessible to go and get the help that you need and you know what I think like I was actually really impressed with where I work because I had to have two days off because of anxiety in 2019 this must have been um and so it was like well it, it was one of those where, like, it, it just needed to happen, basically. Yeah. Um, and so I had two days off. And then when I came back in, you have to you have to submit online, like, oh, why you were off yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. And it gives you a whole list of reasons. And it's stuff, you know, like, oh, tummy bug, flu. Yeah. And anxiety was on there as one of the, oh, on the list. Oh, that's good. And I was like, too right, it should be. Yeah. Oh, that, do you know what? Uh, in my career so far, I'd say there's been three occasions where I have definitely needed to take a mental health day like I I have yeah. needed it have I taken it no because have I felt like I could say I need a, a sick day for my own mental health no because I don't do you know what I mean yeah. but like you do yeah uh, and and it's different to a day off it's not like a day off work sometimes you just when you are when you when you are depressed, you need to take just to sit in your bed with the cover over your head and take some deep breaths. It's not like swanning around, going to the cinema and going out for yeah. your tea. And I think for me, 
I would feel like I was I was a fraud for taking yeah. that day, and I'm I'm I wouldn't be. But when you're not well, you're not well. No, and it's not just physical; it's mental too. If anyone has taken a mental health day, like you know, and had a great response or equally an awful response, please get in touch because we would love to know how that experience went for you. Um, I think I'll just add as well, Lauren, what you were saying about um, companies being aware, and this is just on an individual level, if you work somewhere at the moment where you don't feel supported by the organisation that you work for, perhaps find a colleague who you're on the same level with that mm-hmm. you you know, you feel like you can confide in and they can confide in you and you can perhaps, you know, have an opportunity to offload to each other. And yeah. even if the wider business doesn't offer that, you know, you know, when like... <sighs> you get an email or something's gone wrong, you guys can go off for 10 minutes and you can grab a coffee or take a walk around the block and you can just sort of thrash out your emotions, whatever they are, in a safe, non-judgmental space and then come back in 10 minutes later and go, right, I'm ready to crack on now. See if you can find that. Or even if it's not someone you work with, if it's a trusted friend and you know that you 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 can drop them a call. And they're there for you yeah. in that sort of like space that, you know, maybe that's something you would find beneficial if what we're talking about resonates with you. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's definitely about just making places as safe for you as possible and building those relationships wherever you can. Um, and my dad had a really good point, actually. He was like, you know, often, and it's, this is definitely like an English speaking country thing, but we will say, how's it going? How you doing? as a replacement of hello almost Mm -hmm. and it's like and the way that we do that so casually you're actually not really asking no you're not are you like say you're right yeah you're right yeah sounds like but you just you just do that back and forth as much as you would say hi 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 so like maybe we need to try and move into a place of actually let's go back to saying hello and then when it's the moment's right it might not be at the start of the conversation it could be midway through that's when you take the moment to go how are you? I am asking because I want to know the answer. Yeah, exactly. And I don't, like we spoke on earlier podcasts with I Hope You Well, I don't ask people with the intention of, um, with not wanting to know. Yeah. And when people ask me now, um, and you're not just like, not I Hope You Well, but if people say like, how are you? Sometimes I will now just say, yeah, okay, thanks. Or yeah, I'm all right. I won't say, yeah, good, thanks you. Because I think, I'm not good. Like I'm not bad, but I'm not. I'm not good either. So I'm just gonna be. I'm just gonna be honest. And then I think people open up more themselves when you say, "Oh, you know, I've been better." And they go, "Yeah, me too." And then you forge new ground and build new relationships, don't you? Because we're all equal at the end of the day. And on that mic drop, though, I did have a question for you that week. So we are all equal. Yeah. I definitely need to practice my segues, by the you way. You really say, do. I like, Laura, so like, can we enter, like, podcast segue awards? Yeah, we'll make it happen. Have you ever so, been on a segue, by the way? We went for Martin's birthday. So much fun. Totally unrelated. Yeah, like, Get on it. Okay, cool. I'm on it. So we are all equal. Yeah. However, if you could be anybody else in this world right now, so they do have to be alive, I'm going to put that boundary on it. Mm-hmm. Who would you be? So I was having to think about this, right? And... I could definitely come up with, like, a better answer. Like, I know I could come up with something, like, really insightful and, you know, all of that. Like, I'm, 
yeah, like I know I could, but I've just not got the the brain capacity at the moment to come up with something really good. But can I just can I just have, can I ask with the question? So look, you give me questions and I have to ask questions back. It's like the redundancy <laughs> one all over again. So you know this person that I'm gonna be. Mm. I I'm gonna become them, but do I? Can I still have my brain at the same? Can I like inhabit them and then like snoop around them? But like, yeah, still but you've got me. their whole life. You take nothing with you. That's fine, but I can, but I like, I'm me and I'm like almost observing like them, but I'm them, but yeah. I can like look around the pocket in the brain, you yes. know what I mean? Okay, so I've decided, this is two reasons why I, I'd like to be Boris Johnson Okay. at the moment, because number one, I'd really like to, and I mean this on a genuine level, I'd really like to understand like his brain and his experiences and like what makes him who he is and why he makes the decisions that he makes i'd okay. I'd be really interested to know like why does he think that way and i'd, I'd really like to to genuinely know that and the second reason is because i just like changed the tory party and basically make it the tory socialist party so I, you know he's have all that power so i basically just do loads of stuff to um you know, free school meals for everyone forever. Tax all the big <laughs> businesses. You know, um, you know, properly fund the NHS, reduce tuition fees, make university free. Um, standard. Oh, oh, thingy the bring the thing back. Nationalize the railway and the Royal Mail. Um, so basically that's what I would do. But I, I genuinely mean that because obviously. You know, I, we don't talk about politics that much on the podcast, but I do. I am critical of politics and, and Boris Johnson a lot. But I would really, you know, walk a man in, in his shoes. I'd really like to understand why he makes decisions the way he does. Mm-hmm. I think that would be fascinating to know. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, so that that's who I'd pick. Interesting. Did you no, think I completely I- understand like the thought process behind it. Like, it's one of them things like, oh my goodness, imagine ruling a country during a global pandemic. Yeah, exactly. Like, I am highly critical of the Tory party, right? And I know I'm, you know, I think it's easy to guess that I'm left wing, but I'm not saying that Labour would have done a better job. Do you know what I mean? We don't know. We don't know, and I'm not saying that. Um, I don't know who would have done a a better job, Um, but I'd just be curious to know sort of, you know, what goes on in his mind, really. I think it'd be fascinating. And also, wouldn't it be fascinating to be a man? I'd love to know, like, the different perspective and the testosterones and the you know <laughs> the different vibe going on well it's just very different isn't it like i yeah. think that's a good shout like if you're gonna go and be someone else for a bit like go and be someone who's completely different to you why not yeah and i wonder you know when he's doing his like speeches would i be able to like say his whole sentence like clearly or would i not do you know what i mean would i be able to make him do that So, my question for you this week is, what is, like, your big life ambition? Like, smack it to me, you know, what what is it, like, the ultimate, what is your big life ambition? Do you know what my thing is, right? I don't think I dream big enough. Oh, okay. Because, my honest to goodness, so, like, my goals in life is, like, so I kind of hit, you know, death day, and I'm just, like... I had a really great impact on everybody that I came across and I did my best. And when I think about, like, breaking that down, it's basically just don't be a dick <laughs> when I come across people. I want to 
I want to travel because mm-hmm. I'm so passionate about meeting other people, understanding the way that the world works. Also, like as a Christian, I think God gave us this planet and I think it's a way to appreciate that is to go and get to know it and like mm. take care of the people in it and, you know, just go and view those places. Like, oh my God, you know, you sing so many hymns and like worship songs about, oh, thank you for this planet, God, or like, thank you for this world. Like, you know, all that sort of stuff. Well, I want to go and see it. So when mm. I'm saying thank you, I can be specific about oh, it. Oh yeah, I love that. All of that kind of thing. So it has all got like a really deep meaningful thing for me like it's a proper proper passion but then honestly outside of it all I've ever wanted since I was a kid was to do to get married well to the right person <laughs> yeah not just like mar- hey Laura married a first sighter um recruiting for, <laughs> for new people <laughs> I love it it's a social experiment right I do on paper it's phenomenal yeah but you would never do it yourself can you imagine Oh, did you see the last series? Anyway, we won't talk about it, but oh, oh. <laughs> Sound like Fred Elliott from Coronation Street. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> but yeah, so, but yeah, like, so as a kid, I kind of did the thing of like, oh, you know, um, growing up with Disney and all that kind of thing. It was just like, oh. I want to get married and I want to have babies. And, but I've always had career goals. I do genuinely have career goals. Like, I would love to run a team in child protection and just put a load of pedophiles in prison like that is what I want to do in life that's my massive career ambition but then yeah like outside of it now as I've grown up I've realized how important actually the marriage and kids thing is to do with the right person it's Mm -hmm. not enough to go I want to get married and have babies you have to meet the right person and get with the right person to do it with because there were so many families and couples out there and I don't want to sound really holier than thou because you know it's little old me being single and got none of these problems but you just look at it and you go that wasn't the best you could do mm-hmm. so I think that's that's my thing in life is like I know what I want out of it you know I want to have made a really positive impact where possible um I just want to go out and act with love first and everything I do like love for having this life that I've been given love for the things that I've been doing but when I get to the end of it my biggest ambition is just to look back and see that that's what's happened and to see that that. you know I allowed things to happen in their time and that it did all come through in the right way with the right people yeah hindsight's wonderful isn't it To, to have that experience so I suppose it's just it's trust in the process isn't it that all them things, because like you, I know you said about not dreaming big enough, but I, I think I dream too big and I'm the opposite. And I'm trying to work out what this big life thing is, but it doesn't need to be that. It can just be loving people and helping people every day, adding a little bit of sparkle to the world in whatever way you can. And yeah. looking back at the end of your life and thinking, do you know what? Made to go, go with that. Exactly, because that's the thing as well. I think if you kind of... I focus on the general bit of like going out and making the most of it and like loving it and just saying yes more than saying no, obviously yeah. within healthy boundaries. Yes, of course. But like that's afforded me so much. Like the stories and experiences I have, even by 26, and so much of it is pure coincidence and whatever, or like, you know, a god incidence. Oh, I, I was gonna say. I was gonna say <laughs> um, But yeah, like I think as much as I love a plan, I really, really do. 
Um, there are just certain things that you can't plan for and you shouldn't plan mm. for. So I think in terms of having ambition, that's about having something that you wake up for in the morning and that you have a reason to think about next week. And my reason for that is, why would I waste this one chance at living that I've got? I love that. No, that that's that's great. I love it. Does that work? Yeah, no, I love that. That's what I'm, <laughs> that's what I need to hear. I'm I'm thinking in myself like, Jess, it's okay if your your like ambition in life is to just want to help people and whatever form that takes on whatever day of the week it is, that's okay. Because if that's the the small ambition you've gone, then ultimately it it works out to a bigger a bigger difference, doesn't it? Yeah, it's the butterfly effect, isn't it? Like if you think about it, if every single person on the planet just turned around and said Do you know what i'm gonna be actively nice to one other person today is would that it would literally change the world it would so i think that's it like we're gonna, i'm gonna change the world but i'm gonna do it by a butterfly effect rather than when i was a kid going i'm gonna rule the world <laughs> yeah obviously we weren't in the same year at school laura but i got voted most likely to take over the world the i got voted year, most likely to be prime minister oh, Could you imagine our political party? Oh, they wouldn't be messing with us, girl, would they? Except, right, so one of my friends on this, when, you know, we signed shirts on, like, the last day of six months. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She came over to me and was like, Laura, because I was doing, like, oh, shall I just write my name? But we were all trying, you know, we try and be funny and write something. And she was like, can you just write something political? And what came into my head was lyrics from God Save the Queen by the Sex Pistols. Well, that can be our slogan. God save the Queen, our fascist regime. Yeah. <laughs> Quotation marks. Quotation marks, yeah. We'll get our manifest ma- manifesto out to anyone soon. So if you want to join the Jess and Laura party, we'll come up with a better name. Um, you have to believe in... What do you have to believe in, Laura? You've got to love first. Socialism. You've got to enjoy food. Definitely. You've got to like going on, ho- you've got to like going on holidays. And um, your answer to everything in life has got to be don't be a dick and find the balance. Okay. Because I okay feel like that's that. what we stand for. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, because there's no need to be one, is there? There's no need to be one. Because if you are being one, say, can you tell I'm, yeah, I'm not swearing for Lent? <laughs> um, if, you are, if you are being one, um, maybe just like take a rain check on your emotions in the workplace and understand sort of you know how other people might be perceiving you just a thought for you there um do you want to end us on an empowerment note laura yeah so it's tied in with what we've been talking about um in terms of emotions but my kind of like thing that i just want to really impress over the next couple of weeks on people is that whole falling in love with becoming the very best version of yourself and the process that is with that so taking that time and realizing that you know what every single thing that you go through in life genuinely starts with you and how you feel Mm -hmm. if you feel like you're not good enough if you feel like you're not getting to where you want to be if you feel like just any kind of negativity everybody hates you does the that that's constantly going around in your head that's what you're gonna see that's mm-hmm. all and then that's what's gonna be what you experience so this whole thing is like it can sound really really backwards and i struggle with it massively because i'm so into helping other people as i know you are too jess and i'm sure mm-hmm. others are that it can seem counterintuitive that you would look after yourself mm. 
when other people are your focus, especially when you've got kids and all that kind of stuff. But honestly, if you don't sort out your relationship with yourself, you will never have a good relationship with anybody else. Or at least not to the maximum that you can be. So you at your best is the best thing for everybody involved. So enjoy getting there. Enjoy learning about it. Enjoy learning about yourself. And just enjoy loving who you are and the great asset that you are to this world. Definitely. And I just want to chip in with a quote that resonated with me when you sort of were talking about, you know, wanting to help people and wanting to do things. Um, and it givers need to set limits because takers never do. Love that. If you're like that given type of person and you and you want to achieve these things, but you're working on stuff for everybody else, you're never going to take that time to do something for yourself. So as Laura says, like fall in love with the, becoming the very best version of you. And you can help other people too, but, you know, you've got to be selfish at times as well. Oh, apparently that quote from Henry Ford, the man that invented the 40-hour work week, which is something that we shouldn't be having because it's not set up for this society. So shall we uh, maybe talk about that on next week's episode, Laura, if we should have a 40-hour work week or not? That's a really good idea. Okay, guys, you're listening in advance. Send us your send us your thoughts on the forty hour work week, work life, you know, all of that. Send us your thoughts. Yeah, we would absolutely love to hear from you. Um, if you want to get in touch on Instagram, it's Laura Meets World one three or JessCorcoran.co.uk. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks to Evan Digital for the production of this podcast.